Hi, I'm Andrea Lorian, Vermont Edition producer, and I just wanted to let you know that the podcast you're about to listen to has been edited for clarity and brevity. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. This is Vermont Edition. I'm Michaela Lafrac. February is Black History Month. It is also a perfect time to get warm by a fire with a good book. Today, it's our annual winter book show with a special focus on books to read in celebration of Black History Month. We're joined today by three Vermont book lovers. First, Kekla Magoon is an author of books for children and young adults. Her latest is called Revolution in Our Time, The Black Panther Party's Promise to the People. It's a nonfiction book that came out in 2021. Kekla, welcome back to the program. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here. We are so glad to have you. And we are also joined this hour by Rajni Eddins. He's a spoken word poet, an MC, and a teaching artist. And his latest books of poetry are called In the Coded Language of This Mortal Tongue, and their names are mine. Rajni, welcome. Thank you so much. It's a blessing to be here together with you all. So glad to have you. And last but not least, we are joined by Oceana Wilson, the president of the Vermont Library Association and dean of the library over at Bennington College. Oceana, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here today. I'm very glad to be in the company of three bookworms like myself. And listeners, you can join the conversation as well. What is the best book you've read recently? Is there a book by a Black author you'd like to lift up and tell us about in honor of Black History Month? Give us a call. Our number is 800-639-2211. You can also email us, as some of you already have, to vermontedition at vermontpublic.org. We're going to be compiling all our recommendations from this hour on our website after today's show. So let's let's kick off with an easy one. I would love to hear from each of you about one book that you have read recently, maybe the past couple months, that you have just really, really loved. No other parameters besides that. Uh, Rajni, let's start with you. Oh, goodness. What is one that I've really enjoyed? You know, I think one that stands out for me is The Living Wisdom of Howard Thurman. Mm. This is a text that explores um, the life and and, and insights of uh, one of the profound mentors of Martin Luther King, um, who I learned uh, had an instrumental impact on Dr. King's uh, legacy and activism, and just getting a sense for his um, development as a speaker, as a as a student of wisdom and profound contribution of spiritual practices in in practical ways, of serving and in, in inspiring freedom movements and and holding space for the, the powerful ways that people can stand for love and peace and truth and brotherhood. Mm. Such an inspirational text. So uh, that's definitely one that stands out for me personally. Mm. Could you tell us the name of that book again? I couldn't quite hear you when you first started. The Living Wisdom of Howard Thurman. The Living Wisdom of Howard Thurman. Uh, 
Kekla, I'm first curious if you've heard of this book, and then also what is uh, what's the book on on your list that you have loved recently? Uh, I haven't, but I'm jotting it down because I always <laughs> love new book recommendations. Um, uh, so uh, a book that uh, I've been reading for research uh, is called Alone Atop the Hill, and it's a, an autobiography of um, Alice Dunnigan, who is uh, was the, one of the first black journalists to cover the White House and Capitol Hill. Um, and so I'm writing a picture book biography about her that will be published at some point in the future. Um, but I've been reading her words and her experience of being one of the only black journalists allowed into the press corps um, and, uh, you know, interviewing presidents and trying to get her voice, you know, heard in that landscape. Um, and so I'm really fascinated by her story and her life and her struggles. Um, and I'm looking forward to translating that narrative for young readers. Mm. You've, you've also written a picture book um, relatively recently about Ketanji Brown Jackson's journey yes. to the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, tell us a little bit about translating a, a subject or, you know, a person who works very much in the, the sphere of, of adults in, into a picture book form. Yeah, um, it was a really fun project. I, you know, was watching her confirmation hearings and, um, you know, the, all the dialogue leading up to her appointment to the Supreme Court um, uh, with great interest, of course, and sort of the day she was confirmed, you know, I was in there crossing my fingers and waiting. And, you know, I wrote to my agent and I said, I must do a picture book biography of this amazing and powerful woman. Um, and so um, I spent, you know, a lot of time studying the the news media that, about her. There was so much information, you know, her background, her biography, her um, ethos, her life story, right? Like the, all of the, the conversations that she had with the Senate confirmation um, hearings, you know, was about like, you know, where is she coming from? What is her background? Like what brings her to this place and time um, as somebody who can be a voice for justice in, um, in our nation and one of our leaders on that front? Uh, and so I was really fascinated by the challenge of, you know, distilling all of that narrative into, you know, this short 32 page, you know, a few words on each page picture book story that would appeal to young readers and mm. help inspire them to hopefully find their own voice the way yeah. that she found hers. Wonderful. Uh, Rashi, if I if I remember correctly, and Oshana, I haven't forgotten you're there. Don't worry. But uh, Rashi, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly, you're, uh, you're a parent. Is that, is that right? Um, do you have young kids? Actually, no, my, my daughter is actually a middle schooler over at Edmonds. Okay, great. Uh, well, I, I'm hearing Kekla talk about um, translating what could seem like adult subjects for, for much younger readers. Um, I wonder if any of that resonates with you and if there are books that have helped guide you as a parent in introducing your own child to to um, some of these uh, you know, great people in history um, or key moments in time. Uh, definitely. I, I think um, one particular uh, text that stands out is the, the teen uh, version of the autobiography of uh, Malcolm X that I think is translated uh, by his daughter. Um, it's, uh, let's see, what is the, the title of that, that text? Are you referring to the book that Kekla wrote? Kekla, you wrote, we've written a book alongside Malcolm X's daughter, is that right? 
I did. I, I co-wrote X, a novel with Ilyasa Shabazz, who's one of Malcolm X's daughters. Um, and that's one. There's she, She's done a couple of stories about her father. Um, another one um, is uh, the, re, uh, what is the, what is the title? The, that she wrote with Tiffany Jackson. Um, there's a second, mm. a second book. Um, but yeah, X is one of the novels that tells the story of, of Malcolm as a young, young boy. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that is the one. Yeah, I, I think that. <laughs> yeah, that's a beautiful uh, text and rendition just to make it more accessible. Because I know we've we've done some study and exploration of the, the film Malcolm, so seeing different renditions of his life work and making it more accessible, being able to share that and language it a critical context for contemporary time. So valuable. Let's bring bring in Oceana Wilson here with the Vermont Library Association and Bennington College. Um, well, first, Oceana, since we're discussing young adults but, uh, literature right now, um, let's start there with you, too. Are, are there any books on uh, on your list that um, would be of particular interest for children or young adults during this Black History Month? Um, I'm mostly stuck with adult um, because let's, we're at the college level. Let's go adults so then. Let's move on up. Oh, don't apologize at all. Uh, but what's what book that you have read recently that you've really loved? Um, a book that I just finished a few weeks ago that I absolutely loved was How to Say Babylon hmm. by Sophia Sinclair. And this is, uh, Cecilia Sinclair is a poet, and this is a beautifully poetic and moving memoir about her growing up in a strict Rastafarian household in Jamaica, um, where her father felt that women should be obedient and pure and must be protected from the corrupting influences of outside culture. And this memoir is, is really about the story of the mother and daughter and their deep bonds, the whole family dynamic and their growth throughout, the shadow of colonialism interwoven across Jamaican culture. And ultimately, it's about Sinclair's journey to finding her own power and voice. Mm. It's such a like visually lush book that it feels so immersive as you're reading it. And the narrative is so compelling that I really struggled between wanting to read forward to get to the next part and then really slow down and reread and ex- absorb these very exquisitely honed sentences. Mm, that's an ideal push and pull with a book. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Apologies if you already mentioned this. I didn't quite hear you. The, the author is a graduate of Bennington College, too, correct? Yes, she, yes, she is. There you go. Um, and you have all sent us over a list of books that we, again, will be including on our website, vermontpublic.org. Uh, we received an email from Julia in Bellows Falls about George Washington Carver. They write, for a man who changed the face of modern agriculture, there are surprisingly few comprehensive biographies about his life. George Washington Carver seems relegated to children's books about peanuts, but the man was a monolith in scientific achievement and the 
Struggle for Black Civil Rights. Uh, The book Julia recommends is called My Work is That of Conservation, an Environment Biography of George Washington Carver by Mark Hershey. It's one of my favorite books of all time, they write, not only as a farmer, but as a white American continually trying to fill in the gaps of the realities of African-American struggle through our shared history. Uh, Curious, has anybody on our panel heard of this book about George Washington Carver? Oh, but it sounds amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Check it out, though. Yeah, we'll have to add it to our list. And this is a good excuse to to talk more about biographies. Um, Kekla, is there a um, either a biography that you have read and really loved um, uh, that illuminated um, somebody in in Black history that um, that was really fascinating to you, or is there a book that you really want to write about a person that hasn't really gotten their due yet? Yeah. Uh, well, definitely um, the Alice Dunnigan book that I mentioned uh, earlier, yep. Alone Atop the Hill, is one that is inspiring to me. Certainly the autobiography of Malcolm X is an inspiration, and I drew upon that in writing X, a novel uh, with Ilyasa, um, his daughter, uh, where we looked at, you know, that story about his life is told from hindsight. In that story, Malcolm is you know, it's close to the end of his life. He knows that he's... Um, going to probably be killed soon and he is looking back on his life and saying okay i became this world-renowned speaker and leader and preacher and humanitarian but that's not where i started i started with this activist family and i lost sight of what i wanted to be and i got Mm. confused and i you know sort of ran away from my roots but then i brought myself back and look what i became Um, and so it has this benefit of hindsight where he knows who he turns out to be but the story that Ilyasa wanted to tell in x the novel is about the 14-year-old kid who has no sense of that future, who has, can't see what he's going to become and is having to make choices as he goes through his life. Um, and so, you know, that reframing is a really powerful for you know, illuminating that none of us know what's possible for us. None of us know what's next in our lives. You know, we might think we're small. We might think we don't have the ability to contribute on a grand scale, but, you know, neither did Malcolm. And then he became Malcolm X, right? Mm-hmm. Um and so, um, you know, so I think about that autobiography often and I think about the story behind it and the person behind it. And, you know, I'm reminded that just making the decision to be somebody who takes good action in the world is the beginning of the path to becoming a really great leader or hero or person that is revered. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I think we often hold up these celebrity type people as if they're special and magical and different than the rest of us. But the truth is they started out pretty ordinary like the rest of us and they just worked really hard and, you know, had a good idea and tried their very best. And, you know, any of us are capable of that kind of leadership. Mm. Um, so I, I think about Malcolm X a lot um, as, as, a, as an inspirational figure and certainly the writing in the autobiography of Malcolm X is really strong. Mm. Um, Yep. And, you know, I read a lot of uh, biographies of Black Panther leaders, um, like A Taste of Power by Elaine Brown, um, or... Um, as as part of research for your most recent book? As, as part of research for a revolution in our time, the Black Panther Party's Promise to the People, which is my young adult history, the nonfiction history of the Black Panther Party. Um, I read a lot of autobiographies and biographies of the original... Black Panther members to get a sense of that history and different people's perspective on the events of the 1960s and 70s. Mm. 
Rajni, are there? I see on your list. There's a number of biographies and autobiographies that um, mean something to you. Is there are there one or two that you'd like to highlight for us now? Uh, definitely. I mean, I have to uh, echo uh, with Sister Kekla uh, just that love and admiration for Malcolm's text. That I think that's a, a pretty uh, a pretty formidable um, and pivotal. Uh, life-shifting texts in the lives of all human beings as examples of uh, crucial transformation and particularly black people in America in terms of gaining a certain insight and worldview and context on our power and purpose in the world and connecting to our history with having a, a, a an offshoot to, to grow from, to have a certain sense of character and, 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 and crucial meaning in the world. So that, that, that meant so much to me as a teen and still. Actually, I'm reading the text with my daughter now and deconstructing it in real time because I think it's pivotal for her learning as well. But some other texts that come to mind are Crusader for Justice, which is the autobiography of Ida B. Wells, crucial mm-hmm. brave sister who, who traveled to the spaces um, where people had been lynched and get the stories from people. She actually encouraged folks to um, uh, travel away from their community when she had some friends of hers who were um, murdered by the, uh, um, the the whites who were insecure about uh, black ownership and enterprise in their area. And just having uh, examples of people who stood up and spoke truth to power in pivotal ways. Actually, her, her autobiography begins with her saying the only reason she was stepping into that space was because there was a young, uprising uh, uh, black woman uh, student who was curious about what her role in history had been. And she said, oh, she knew about all these different white women examples in terms of suffrage, but she knew she had done something accomplished, but she couldn't put her finger on what it was. So she said, okay, this is the reason why I offer this. Mm. So that, that, that's definitely one that stands out to me. Another one is Here I Stand by Paul Robeson, the Renaissance man, speaker of countless languages and uh, all-American football player and just like world diplomat. Uh, he reminds me of like the power and strength in your artistry and having a certain integrity in terms of being an artist that who recognizes the pivotal role you have in offering something meaningful in what you share for the positive transformation of society and the world and for people's social uplift. Mm. So these are some of the texts that come to mind that uh, I always return to in terms of new inspiration, empowerment, and uh, mm. meaning and relevance today. And that last one was Here I Stand by Paul Robeson. And again, we'll be collecting all of these titles on our website, vermontpublic.org. Uh, Oceana, I, I see a couple biographies on your list, including one about Ralph Ellison. Could you tell us about it? Yes. Um, Ralph, the, Ralph Ellison, a biography by Arnold Rampersand. Um, probably as many people know, Ellison had extensive connections to Vermont throughout his life. And This is really, I think, a definitive biography that draws extensively on the archival research uh, and writings of Ellison to create a really comprehensive um, portrait. Rampersan was really the first researcher that was given access to Ellison's papers. So I think the way in which Ellison's voice comes through is so clear and so much the driver of the narrative in this book. So it's both a very comprehensive record of his life and time and also a nuanced portrait of of who he was as an artist and a creator 
and the sort of amazing literary world he was centered in. Mm. Well, I think many of our listeners might not know the connections that Ralph Ellison has to Vermont. Um, do you mind spelling those out for us a bit more? Oh, absolutely. Well, um, he really started writing Invisible Man in, in a barn in, in Waitsfield in the summer. And his first, what he attributed as his first um, uh, sort of lecture at the college level happened at Bennington College. And he maintained a long relationship and was a trustee for many years here. And um, both he and his wife uh, really enjoyed Vermont and being in Vermont. Mm. Well, let's pull in some phone calls as well. We have a call coming in from Andrea in Plainfield. Uh, Andrea, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yes, good morning. I wanted to contribute um, the American Haitian writer. She was born in Port-au-Prince, capital of Haiti, and I have been several times in Haiti with friends here from my central Vermont area, Marshfield and Plainfield. Bob Belenke especially, um, a retired psychiatrist, and I'm a retired teacher, and I'm daily in contact with my friends in Haiti because the situation is really, really dire, mm. and we just totally ignore it over the stresses with Gaza and Palestine and Ukraine, but it is in our neighborhood, and it is just heartbreaking. So the book I can highly recommend and I like to read again and again is from Edwige Nanticat, Breath, Eyes, Memory, where she describes all the memories she has and all the new experiences when she revisits Haiti, but also her memory as a child there. Breath, Eyes, Memory by Edwidge Danticat. I also love that author. Thank you so much for, for calling in and telling us about that. Uh, Rajni, have you read any books by Edwidge Danticat? I have not, but I just put it on the list. I just downloaded yeah. it just now. I'm like, okay, I have to jump on it immediately. Yes. Yeah. He's a great writer. Uh, Rajni, I know that we, we only get a couple more minutes with you, so I want to make sure that we get to more of your recommendations before we have to take our first break. Um, what else is on your book list? What should our listeners be be reading this this February? Uh, well, I, I think um, – February and onward, these will always be uh, useful texts to explore and to deepen our understanding of um, shared humanity and the particularity in the universal and vice versa. Yes. Maybe I'll just go into a litany of what I have listed. (laughs) Please. um, Have that be a a, a crucial offering with the time we have left. So I I know I said Crusader for Justice. Another one that stands out is Rainbow in the Clouds, The Wisdom and Spirit of Maya Angelou. Um, there's an upcoming release by my good friend Reagan Jackson called Still True, The Evolution of an Unexpected Journalist, A Wild Seed by Octavia Butler, The Speeches of Fannie Lou Hamer to Tell It Like It Is, with, um, with Head and Heart by Howard Thurman, which I mentioned, Maybe Forever Stand, Imani Perry, on um, the life of the Black National Anthem, Lift Every Voice and Sing, I Write What I Like by Steve Biko, Jimmy's Blues by James Baldwin, Remnants, a memoir of spirit, activism, and mothering by Rachel E. Harding. Afini Shakur, Evolution of a Revolutionary by Jasmine Guy. Death of Innocence by Mamie Till Mobley, the mother of Emmett Till. Frederick Douglass, uh, Douglass, Selected Speeches and Writings. One Touch Blue, uh, a poem book by my mother, Randy Eddins. Mm. My own text, Their Names Are Mine. 
This is The Honey by Kwame Alexander and beloved uh, poet Ruben Jackson. Uh, Be a Revolution by Ajoma Aluo, another good friend. Sing a Black Girl's Song, Natasake Shange. The Living Wisdom of Howard Thurman, I mentioned. Generations by Lucille Clifton. Sweat the Technique by Rakim. The Autobiography of Asada Shakur, Asada. Begin Again by Eddie S. Claude Jr. Agla Jr., The Three Mothers by Anna Malika Tubbs, and Cultivating Genius by Goldie Muhammad. Hmm. I'm glad you brought up This is the Honey by Kwame Alexander, as well as um, Reuben Jackson, who also has um, some very, very deep Vermont ties. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about um, about that book before we let you go? Oh, my goodness. Just an amazing compilation of texts I actually learned of because Reuben Jackson is a good friend of mine. And I, I think they had a series of readings recently um, in the uh, early part of uh, Black History Month in Washington, D.C. Uh, just, just having an opportunity to, to, to share among some of the most uh, profound and impactful, uh, poignant, uh, insightful poets of the day is an amazing experience. And I think... Uh, reading these texts is good that we're animating this and activating it in people's consciousness for the month of Black History Month. But uh, this is for Black History Present and Future and uh, the whole bit of the human family. So these will always be useful texts to explore and peruse. Mm. Thank you so much for holding space. Well, thank you, Rajni Eddins, so much for your time today. We'll include your whole list of recommendations for this month and for beyond, as you said, on our website on vermontpublic.org. Rajni, thank you. Thank you, Connie. Take good care. Now, our other two guests, Kekla Magoon and Oceana Wilson, are going to stick with us after this break. We will continue bringing you more book recommendations from Vermont Edition. Stay with us. Welcome back to Vermont Edition. I'm Michaela Lefrac. Today, it is our annual Winter Books Show. February is also Black History Month, so we are placing a special emphasis on books by Black authors. Our guests are Oceana Wilson, the president of the Vermont Library Association and Bennington College's library dean, and young adult author Kekla Magoon. And listeners, you could join the conversation as well. Send us your reading recommendations to Vermont Edition at vermontpublic.org or call in to 800-639-2211. We've received a couple messages from listeners on Instagram about books they have been loving recently. The Water Dancer by ta Coates, Gorgeous Conveyance of Multi-Layered Messages, one person writes. Another ta Coates recommendation is Between the World and Us. A book written by Coates is a letter to his then-teenage son about his perception of what the feelings, symbolism, and realities associated with being Black in the United States are. Uh, Kekla and Oceana, have, have either of you read read these books by ta Coates? I've read I, I have Between the read World and Me. Oh, yeah, apologies. Yeah. Let's start with you, uh, Oceana. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, yeah, so I think we have the maybe the same answer. <laughs> yeah, the world in me is is an incredible a book, and and I'm so glad it came up as a recommendation. Mm. And Kekla? Yeah, same. That's the, that's the one I had also read. <laughs> Yes, and between the world and me, excuse me, I said between the world and us. Um, and we also received a recommendation called All We Can Save. It's an anthology of essays and poems by a diverse group of women working in climate-related fields in the U.S. That's called All We Can Save. Um as we talk about book recommendations, we are getting recommendations from, from you two, Oceana and Kekla, today. I'm curious where you get your recommendations from. Who are the people that you go to or the sources where, where you get uh, great books to read? Kekla? 
Uh, I certainly listen to my friends and I read the publications of my friends. Um, there's one uh, website that I love, uh, especially during Black History Month, to find new books by Black authors, and that's the Brown Bookshelf. And they interview and promote and spotlight Black authors during the month of February. They do a 28 Days Later uh, celebration. And so every year in February, they spotlight 28 different Black authors writing for children and young adults. And they'll look at their work. Um, they are often trying to find debut authors, new authors to the field to spotlight. So, you know, I had a spotlight on there about 10 years ago, um, which is still available. And you can see all the past years of recommendations. Um, but the website is thebrownbookshelf.com. And they have, it's a, it's a collective of young adult authors and children's authors who partnered to create the website to be a gathering place for resources and text that celebrate the black experience. And so they have highlighted most of the authors who've published, you know, multiple books hmm. in children's literature are featured there. And a lot of the authors who are just publishing their first book are also featured there. So it's a wonderful place to go to find new books uh, on all walks of life, not just hmm. black history, but all um, different celebrations of black culture and life and perspective and, um, experience. Nice. What a great resource. Yeah. And Oceana, what about you? Where do you get your book recommendations? Yeah, uh, similarly, um, certainly friends, um, students. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of Bookstagram and, and finding <laughs> things on social media. Um, I really enjoy the Book of the Day podcast from NPR. Um, we also uh, Forward, which is um, available to libraries, which is reviews of independent um, publishers, is a really great source for some of the less um, mainstream titles that are really incredible books as well. Mm. Let's go back to the phones. We have a call coming in from Thomas in Bethel. Thomas, you're on the air. What's your book recommendation for us? Hi, how are you? Thank you for taking my call. Uh, my book recommendation is Iliana by Leonard Meek. He is a Vermont uh, resident, um, uh, born and raised in New York City. And uh, his book is a short fiction novel um, about the Second World War mm -hmm. and uh, mainly about the uh, horrors and uh, that are being inflicted by the Nazis and how power, the power of love, family and friends uh, can uh, help with it and overcome it. It's a really nice book. It's not too long, and it reads really easily. Uh, that's what I found. Mm. Great. Well, thank you so much for that recommendation, especially by another author with Vermont ties. Uh, let's go next to Penny in Lindenville. Penny, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hi. Um, my name's Penny Patch, and I'm a former member of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, also known as SNCC. I'm going to recommend two books for starts. There are millions of them. <laughs> Ella, Baker, Ella Baker and the Black Freedom Movement, A Radical Democratic Vision by Barbara Ransby. Ms. Baker uh, was a remarkable woman who worked for the NAACP, for Dr. King, <clears throat> and in the end, she was incredibly important for SNCC and our organization of young people. Mm. So I we really need to learn about Miss Baker. Mm. Then the second book I will <clears throat> offer you is Hands on the Freedom Plow 
Personal Accounts by Women in SNCC, um, edited by six, six people. Um, the first one on the list is Faith Holsart. So that book is 52 stories wow. of women who worked for the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. The vast majority are black, and then there are a few white people, Hispanic people also. So, um, yeah, I recommend it. It's great for <clears throat> schools because people can, kids can peek, young people can pick chapters, mm. you know, wow. and read the stories. So I'll stop there. That's a great, um, great recommendations. Thank you for sharing both of them and for telling us about your, your own connections to SNCC. Uh, it's fascinating to hear. Um, Kekla, I, I love the the callers um, mention of these these books that are maybe yeah. not necessarily written for kids, but are great in schools to to help yeah. kids learn about these moments in time. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Hands on the Freedom Pile is wonderful, I, and uh, I don't know that particular Ella Baker um, biography. I don't think, but the, certainly Ella Baker's story is very important for mm. young people. Yeah. yeah. We were getting lots of uh, emails in with recommendations. Thanks to everybody who's sending those in. We got one from James who wrote The Black Woods Pursuing Racial Justice on the Adirondack Frontier by Amy Godine. Uh, Beth emailed us about Big Machine by Victor LaVale, I believe, in St. Johnsbury, as well as The Sellout by Paul Beatty. And then Suzanne wrote in uh, two books by Nana Kwame Ajebrenya, Black Friday and Chain Gang All-Stars. Chain Gang All-Stars has been on my list for so long and I need to read it. It's one of those books. I got it at the library and then I had to return it before I could start it and one of those things. But um, <laughs> thank you so much for highlighting yeah. these books. Um, Oshana, I wonder what kinds of books um, – your your students or the professors at Bennington um, come to you and and ask about. Are there any like topics or titles that that seem to be bubbling uh, to the front these days? Um, I think graphic novels are perennially popular, um, and one of the themes I've seen is is um, black history and music and and topics around Afrofuturism seem to be very of the moment currently and of high interest among our students and faculty. Hmm. Um, and you, you have a, a book on your list, A Pure Solar World, Sun Ra, and the Birth of Afrofuturism. Yes, and, and I, uh, Raj talked about yep. Octavia Butler, um, uh, another really important pioneer of, of Afrofuturism and writer, but... Um, uh, th this book explores really how Sun Ra, um, as a musician, um, brought together space music as a means to build a better future uh, for black Americans and how he formed the band. Um, but I also was sort of thought this was a compelling read because it's still sort of a living history in the sense that um, the Sun Ra Orchestra is still a performing band. It's led by Marshall Allen, who's a 99-year-old saxophonist and longtime wow. member um, since, I think, the 50s, 1958. Um, and they still tour extensively, including a show that was um, part of the Burlington Discover Jazz Festival mm. last summer. And it's an it's amazing, amazing show. 
and a really incredible story. And I think that, you know, for, for listeners that might already know the history, there's also books, um, you know, that Sun Ra was a poet, and he has a book of his poetry called The Immeasurable Equation. Mm. And uh, just a few years ago, there was an art book that came out called Sun Ra Art on Saturn. That's the album covers, which are glorious and I think could be enjoyed by everyone. And they were created, that the covers were handcrafted by Ra and his bandmates. And it's a really well-done, beautiful art book. Wow. A 99-year-old saxophonist. That is something I need to read a book about. Let's pause here. Yes. For... <laughs> you think that maybe it's like he just comes out and waves, which is what I thought when I, when I, I did no. Burlington, <laughs> but I saw another show. But um, no, he's he's on stage and performing and leading the whole thing. Amazing. amazing. And everyone should to definitely check out the books. (laughs) Well, this is our annual winter book show. We have to pause for one more short break. More recommendations when we come back. Stay with us. Welcome back to Vermont Edition. I'm Michaela Lefrac. Today, it's our annual winter book show where we hear about the best books you have read recently and create a big list of recommendations for you. This edition of our book show has a special focus on books by Black authors or books about the Black experience in honor of Black History Month this February. Our guests are Oceana Wilson, the president of the Vermont Library Association and Bennington College's library dean, and young adult author Kekla Magoon. Let's go right back to the phones here. We have Eric in Burlington with us. Eric, what is your book recommendation? Hello? Yep. Eric, can you hear us? Uh, yes. Um, I have more of a question. I, I was wondering, does anybody know any funny books about a Cassius Marcellus Clay, who um, was a 19th century abolitionist, he was an escaped slave, and uh, he was the person that the 20th century boxer was named after. I was wondering if anybody knows anything about any books by him, about him. Hmm, great question. Uh, books about Cassius Clay, the abolitionist. Um, Kekla? Huh, that's fascinating. Uh, offhand, I can't think of a specific title. Yeah that I know this personally. might be your next book um yeah right <laughs> um yeah I don't know offhand um I mean I did know that yeah the boxer Cassius Clay or Muhammad Ali um was named after um someone but I don't think I've ever read a book dedicated to that history myself hmm Mm. Yeah, I would recommend like definitely going to your public library because I think that they could, um, you know, there are 187 wonderful public libraries in Vermont and they will definitely help you um, find resources and or maybe books about the topic. Mm. So it's, it's, it's a wonderful reason to take a trip to the library. All right. Well, best of luck, Eric. Thank you. Uh, let's go next to Ed. Ed, is it in Montpelier? Ed, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, good morning. Um, my uh, recommendation is um, the book of the Little Axe, A-X-E. Um, it's uh, written by Lauren Francis Shama, hmm. who is a uh, American-born daughter of 
of Trinidadian-born parents. And the book is a really sweeping, uh, <laughs> a grand uh, story of, uh, uh, it, it starts in the late 19th century, late, late 18th century, when, uh, when Trinidad was a Spanish colony. And the person at the center of the story is a young woman who's a daughter of a freed black man who owns a farm in Trinidad. Though so there was slavery in Trinidad, there were also freed black people who who did own property, and uh, it was at the time England was uh, flexing its muscles in the Caribbean mm-hmm. and was about to uh, take over. It was about to annex Trinidad. Hmm. So uh, the the uh, the farmers' neighbors all warned him. That if England took over there, then he would uh, he would lose his property and would most likely end up as slaves. So what he did was he sent his his uh, his daughter to out of the country. Uh, I'm going to jump in here, Ed, because I want to leave some mystery for our listeners. But this sounds like a great book, Lauren Francis Sharma's. Book of the Little Axe, about a journey that spans decades from Trinidad to the American West. Thank you so much for the recommendation. Um, Oceana, I want to I want to take a, a sharp left turn here because there was a, a book on your list that I was really curious about um, that might be good just in time for Valentine's Day called Lush uh, Lives. Mm, Can you yes. tell us about this one? Yes, Lush Lives by Vermont author J. Vanessa Lyon, is a phenomenal romance novel that was published last year by Roxane Gay Books. And the story is centered around the lives of two queer women working in the contemporary art and auction world. And as the love story unfolds, um, the women encounter and research a historical mystery um, related to the literary to a literary figure from the Harlem Renaissance, and I don't want to give too much more <laughs> away, but I will say it's wonderful, and I think um, people will want to set aside a chunk of time because it is definitely the type of book that you don't want to put down once you start. Oh, that sounds so fun, and love to highlight a Vermont author as well. It's J. Vanessa Lyons' book, Lush Lives. Uh, in the time we have left, Kekla Magood, what, what are the other books you want to make sure that we mention to our listeners during this uh, winter book show? Yeah, uh, so uh, I was I had mentioned a couple of uh, books uh, of mine. Yeah. Katanji is a picture book about Justice Jackson's journey to the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, so that's a good one for your, your young friends who yes. might be curious about the history that's unfolding around us today um, and who the people are that make the decisions at that level. Um, I have also Revolution in Our Time, my nonfiction book for teens about the Black Panther Party. It's also great for adults. It's got lots of uh, pictures and um, history involved uh, to, to learn a little bit about a movement that doesn't often get much uh, attention in history class and whatnot. Um, yeah. So those were a couple of mine that I wanted to share. Um, I also wanted to share some books, uh, other books by other authors um, for a, a, another dose of black history that's less talked about. Um, Brandy Colbert wrote a book called Blackbirds in the Sky, uh, which is about the 
1921 Tulsa Race Massacre, um, and it's a really beautifully written book. It won the Boston Globe Hornbook Award for nonfiction um, mm. last year or maybe the year before, um, and it's just a wonderful telling of the story of Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that was this thriving community in the segregated South in the 1920s, uh, 19-teens and 20s, and then um, there was a, a moment of um, uh, racialized interaction between a black man and a white woman um, that led to uh, violence from a white mob that ran into this black district of Greenwood um, and burned the the community to the ground and caused a lot of death and destruction. Um, and it's a it's a story that often uh, is left out of the history books, but really talks and illuminates a lot of the um, dynamics uh, of economics and racism and whatnot that are still alive today. And that, um, that book is also, moment. it was, apologies for, for talking over no. you, that, that, that book is also aimed at middle grade and, and young adult readers too, right? Like yes, many of your works. It is. Yeah, like many of my works. Yeah, yeah, I tend to, because I write for children and young adults, I tend to highlight those books, but I do find that they read really well to an adult audience as oh, well. Oh, I love a young adult book. You know, they're they're yes. written in a really accessible way, um, and they are very complete in how we tell the history. I find that often adult books assume that you come in with certain knowledge that you may or may not actually have. Um, and so children's and young adult history tends to really break things down and really explain um, and contextualize things that I find illuminating for people of all ages and all backgrounds. Here, here. Um, yeah. Was there another uh, book on your list? I think you were about to say one other one. Yeah, sure. I had uh, also just a fun picture book I wanted to shout out. Uh, it's called Jump In uh, by Shadra Strickland. And it's another picture book. Uh, it's about jump rope. Um, and so it's very rhythmic and fun. Shadra is an author illustrator. Um, and so, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about black history, talking about um, you know, the, the, the traumas and the struggles and the racism and the things we've overcome and the various challenges and the various heroes. But I think it's also important to highlight just the the culture and the everyday fun, joyful experiences and moments of being a black child, being a black member of community. Um, and so Jump In really celebrates the positivity of, of, um, of just black life. Mm. Oh, that sounds wonderful. And thank you so much for highlighting all these books for, for uh, adults, but also for kids and young adults, too. It's great to um, be able to create a list that, that we'll be putting together for our website that uh, includes all of our listeners this month. Um, I think we have time for maybe one more quick recommendation from you, Oceana. Is there anything we've left off your list that, that you'd be remiss to, to not mention? Oh, um, <laughs> I'm so glad that you're collecting all these because I keep, as you're talking, I'm like seriously trying to write away. And I have to stop <laughs> myself to be like, oh, right, they're going to post <laughs> on the list. Well, I'll, I'll give a shout out to um, a book, Ri- Rising from the Rails, Pullman Porters and the Making of the Black Middle Class by Larry Ty. Um, because this book was recommended to me by um, it, during a visit to Hildeen, which is the family home of Robert Todd Lincoln in Manchester, Vermont. Um, Robert Todd Lincoln was the son of Abraham Lincoln and was the president of the Pullman Palace Car Company. And the um, the museum actually has a, a 1903 um, Pullman railroad car, which was the mode of travel for the ultra 
wealthy, and what was made this possible was really the labor of the black porters. Um, and why, why it was cons- well, it was considered a, a good job at the time. Um, these porters routinely faced racism from the passengers and employees, and they had extensive long periods away from their families, and the labor structure was really financially exploited the porters. I think one of the things that really struck me, I'll say. Oh, and we only have about Hildine, 15 seconds left here. Oh, sorry. sorry. Hildine um, does a great job with this history um, in in the visit. Um, I will say that the reason why I found this compelling was because Ty actually um, went to find uh, interviewing surviving porters and their families and told the stories of those porters and hearing the voices in that real world about the oppression and also the pride they had in the work made it such a vibrant book. Mm. And again, that's Rising from the Rails, Pullman Porters and the Making of the Black Middle Class by Larry Tai. Uh, well, to both of our guests, thank you so much. I, I have so many books that I need to add to my list now. Oceana Wilson, the president of the Vermont Library Association and Bennington College's library dean and young adult author and Vermonter Kekla Magoon, Thanks to you both. Thank you Thank so much. You. I'll close with one more recommendation from John in Craftsbury, who emailed a book uh, called Soil, the Story of a Black Mother's Garden by Camille Dungy. They write, it's a beautiful book about the author's burgeoning garden with a focus on native plants. It served as a reminder of my privilege as a straight white male in this complex world.